Hey everyone, this is Reese. Just before we get started, I just want to say that this episode is kind of wonky because this is our first time using Discord to record a podcast. And so we were having some audio troubles. Some audio was kind of in and out, but I tried to do my best in post to fix everything. And Owen's audio came in a little weird, but here's the podcast for you anyway. Thanks. See you later. One, two, three, four. Hello, welcome to Why Rock and Roll, a podcast on music and pop culture. I'm your host, Reese Wyrock, and joining me today is Evan Wyrock and Owen Gutzmer. How are you doing, guys? Doing pretty well. Good. Thanks for having me. Yes, thank you. No problem. Yeah, all right. So today's topic is going to be one of my favorite bands, um, one of my all-time favorite bands, and uh, I think all of their, one of their all-time favorite bands. Uh, it's going to be Blink-182. Um, and... So we're just going to jump in and introduce ourselves. I'm Reese, your host. Uh, I've been a Blink-182 fan all my life because uh, of my brothers, like Evan. And uh, I was basically thrown into liking Blink-182 no matter what. So I've just been a Blink-182 fan my entire life. And my favorite song right now, I'd have to go with Here's here's your letter because uh i've been listening to that song a lot song. lately yeah and um my favorite joke song though uh, my favorite joke song definitely has to be uh 13 miles uh that's uh that's my favorite joke song at the moment that i can think of off the top of my head well i could name like eight more but that's my favorite one right now uh why don't we go to evan why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself Everyone, my name is Evan. Um, long time listener, first time participator. Um, Blink One Eight Two is near and dear to my heart. Grew up in my angsty teenage years, listening to them, idolizing them, and um, now in my later twenties, uh, trying to replicate and play them um, in in bands and things. So. I would say my my favorite song as of right now because it changes throughout the years. But I'm currently listening to Waggy um, on their album Dude Ranch a ton, um, and I think my favorite joke song is has got to be the country song for sure. Oh, classic, classic. <laughs> um, a middle schooler's two favorite things: South Park and Blink One Eighty Two. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, Owen, why don't you go ahead and, and introduce yourself? Uh, yep. Hey, I'm Owen. Uh, so, uh, I've been listening to Blink-182 for a while. I think <clears throat> around middle school, I got into them a lot. Just, like, one of my other friends introduced them to me, and I just, you know, I've heard their songs over the internet. I got them, I got real into them, and then, you know, I liked a couple of their, like, popular songs. And then, <clears throat> probably 8th, ninth grade, I, um... I got into listening to them a lot, listening to like every album, and then so yeah, I I, I really like them. They're definitely one of my greatest uh, favorite bands. Uh, I think my favorite song right now is probably uh, "Every Time I Look for You." That's a that's good one. That's been my favorite song for a while, and I like I like that one. My favorite joke song is probably "Family Reunion." Ah. Classic, yes. classic, fan, uh, classic one. Yes. 
All right. If you're <clears throat> if you're new here, what we do now is we're going to go through our album discussion. We're going to start with their first album and end with California. So let's just jump into it. Uh, <laughs> technically, their first album is Cheshire Cat, but since Buddha has been released and it was came out before Cheshire, we are going to start with Buddha. So Buddha uh, is a demo tape, uh, basically, but was then released. It was released to the masses in '92, I think. Um, not really. I'm not really sure. Um, no, it's ninety. Hold on, we're looking. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page right now, so I don't get anything wrong. Okay, either ninety ninety three or yeah, like late ninety three, I think. Yes. And there's some songs that appear on Cheshire Cat that also appear on uh, Buddha, but we're what's I think right now, but this album. It's basically kind of showing what like Blink One Eight Two basically wanted to be is like this band that was fun, punky, and um, then came to the scene in oh ninety four, ninety four. I found it. Great, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they wanted to. They this is like their first properly recorded album. So there's some good songs on here. Oh, excuse me, <laughs> some good songs on here. I think my favorite song. I love the version of uh, Carousel on this album. I agree with you. I just think it. Yeah. I th- I think it's so. I think it's really fantastic. Um, and uh, also strings is a <laughs> is a great um, is a great song on here. And also I love uh, Point of View. Those are my th- three favorite songs from this album. What do you guys have to? What do you guys think of this album? Um, I would say that. Carousel is probably my favorite out of this album. I also I also like mm. TV. TV is good. That's, also. that's a good one. Uh, but <clears throat> I guess this wasn't a big album for me. I um yeah. I think this was kind of one of my least favorite albums, but um, it's still better than some. I think. Okay. I think we. What about you? I Ed? think everybody agrees on the Carousel route. Um. And I think Blink-182 themselves, as their career went forward, also agreed with that. And that's why you see it kind of repeated on on the demos and on Cheshire Cat and and Buddha as well. Um, And then also into the later stages when they're releasing, you know, Eminem of of the state, which we'll get to, and going on tour for those types of things. And they're still playing Carousel, you know. And I remember when I Mm -hmm. saw them in in, um, 2013 or 14. And um, they're on tour, playing the neighborhoods tour, and they're they're releasing merch that still has carousel quotes on them. And maybe that's to make some money off of nostalgia, but I think they also know like how good of a song that was. Um, mm-hmm. I think ones that shouldn't be forgotten too is Degenerate. Um, yeah, and also like Reebok commercial or classics. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. But I also have to agree with Owen that out of like all the albums, like especially when I was growing up, I wasn't old enough like the when i was young is when you know enemy of the state was already out and that was uh, a good uh blink one a two reference to when i was young exactly when i was you're welcome pun intended <laughs> um you know when i was young the other albums were already out and so i focused a lot more on those other albums than i did on this album 
And I think it's because this one mm -hmm. is definitely early stage Blink-22 when they're not as polished. They're a lot more punky and reverby and... Um, yeah, so you got that garage band sound to them. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I think, that's why, I think that's why I like this one a lot um, is because I, I like the more uh, like grunge, like garage rocky feel to it. Yeah. Um, but that being said, it's still, it's not their best album not their worst album either in my opinion so all right let's go on to the next album uh, the next album is their debut album technically uh, which is cheshire cat and my favorite song i'm gonna say it right now that my favorite song is benoit balls that's my favorite song from this album because it's so funny but if I had to pick an actual serious one, um, either Peggy Sue or Wasting Time. Those are like my two favorite like serious songs from this album. Uh, definitely. So recently they just did a residency in Las Vegas, if you didn't know. And they did an acoustic set where they actually played Wasting Time for the first time. And I don't remember how many years. But. I listened to it and I was like, this is what I wanted. I wanted, I wanted this and they gave it to me and I was really happy about it. So, uh, I think for my favorite song, I'm either going wasting time or Benoit balls. Cause it's funny. Uh, I, I like wasting time also. I think Eminem's is probably my favorite song mm -hmm. over here, you know, just to hop on that bandwagon. Um, but yeah, when, um, in, I forget what year it was, but uh, Blink-182 came to Chicago, and uh, Patrick Stump of uh, Fall Out Boy was there, and he actually got to meet Mark Hoppus as a little boy, and he's like, oh, you guys were great, Mark like and he did the worst, and you did, like, the worst thing that you can do to a musician ever, and he went, but you didn't play M&Ms, <laughs> <laughs> and he got um, in, like... Mark Hoppus stopped talking to him after that and like just went on to the next van. Uh, but that's, uh, I forget where that I heard that. I think it was on some YouTube video of him and Patrick Stump, like Mark Hoppus and Patrick, uh, Patrick Stump talking. I think I would to um, agree with Owen here on Eminem's. Um, like I like I was saying like earlier as far as like carousel like carousel is like a classic and that's why you see it like reemerge here you know or, or mm -hmm. also on this album uh, yeah you know wasting time is good um, and Peggy yeah. Sue is also super good um, yes you know you see strings here again too uh, mm -hmm. and I, I think Eminem's was like iconic for me when I was going through especially through like the middle school junior high phase um because it's just like this this rebellious song where you know the i mean he talks about like it's somewhat you know in the blink way too funny way but i mean in the same way he's talking mm -hmm. about like suicide but he's also talking about jacking off and so it's like it's like both funny but then you're also going through these feelings during you know middle school where you're like you know what if nobody cares about me what if you know you know mm -hmm. I'm feeling this way or no one's giving me attention or I'm making my own way. Right. So I think yeah. Eminem's is definitely a, like starting to push 
um, you know, if you you take those three, I think, you know, carousel M&Ms and Taiyu yeah. though you can start to see M&M estate coming, you know, from those. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's, uh, that's Cheshire Cat for everyone. And the next one in the Blink-182 library or discography is, uh, they came to conquer Uranus, uh, which was an EP they put out with grilled cheese records, which is just fun altogether. And it had three songs on it. It had um, Rectum, Waggy, and Zulu. Uh, and actually, I uh, Evan got the, the vinyl for this for um, for they came to conquer Uranus for me for my birthday last year, and uh, I I love it. It's hilarious. Uh, but I think my favorite song off this record is uh, is Zulu, and uh just cuz uh I, I love well we'll talk about that when we get to when we get to dude ranch but zulu is funny it has funny lyrics but it also has kind of a deeper meaning if you look into it cuz he says uh uh like i'll go into the deepest pile of shit cuz that's where i'll blend in which just it's kind of a like a deep metaphoric if you like separate it and kind of like dive into it more than just looking at it as a Blink-182 song. And, yeah. Uh, Owen, do you got anything to say about this album? Um, I never really got into this album, really. I mean, I've heard the songs off of it, but, um, you know, it definitely wasn't there for me at that point. But I, I like Zulu also. I mean, just because, like, I, I wasn't really familiar with it. It's not like I um listen to those as much as any of the other a lot of the EPs mm-hmm. like such, except like Mark Town Travel Show. Yeah. But, like, yeah. So I like Zulu also. Yeah. yeah. And fun fact about Zulu, I kind of noticed this when I was listening to it like a few months ago, but uh, he says, because life is too short to be long. And if you look at California, uh, that's <laughs> basically used in, um, in what's it called? Oh, geez. The death. Bored to death, yeah. Thank you. Um, is in in bored to death, which is really kind of funny in my opinion. But yeah, Evan, what about you? Yeah, you know, I would have to kind of agree again with Owen on um on this album. I never really got like into it. Um, and maybe it was because it was an EP, you know, or you know, like mm-hmm. a you know demo release. Um, and so I I didn't. You know, I don't even know if I found it in my early years of Blink-182, to be quite honest. And I think I, I, you know, Waggy, as I stated earlier, is like my current favorite Blink-182 song. And so, yeah. Uh, but that also, you know, not, you know, spoiler alert, makes makes its way on to Dude Ranch. And so, mm. you know, I don't even know if I knew of Waggy from They Came to Conquer yeah. Uranus. I think I, I listened to it on Dude Ranch. And so... Yeah. Um, I think this, you know, Zulu is good, and um, I think it definitely has that still like rough garage band feel to it. Uh, but yeah. I definitely think that you see, especially with Waggy and Zulu, like Blink Point Two starting to come into their own. Um, you know, that transition from Cheshire and Buddha to now this like small demo EP mm-hmm. where things are starting to come a little bit more refined. Um, mm-hmm. But I also have to say, like, you know, same with Owen, I never really uh, gave it too much of a of a second thought. And I'm just going to talk about this vinyl for a second. Um, the sleeve for it, it actually looks, if you, it's like folded on top of itself. And if you unfold it, um, it comes like, it looks like a movie poster. And there's like a 
stereotypical alien standing up. If you just Googled the um, the album cover and you'll see it. But um, though the like credits that they have on the bottom are just freaking hilarious because it says um, based on a true story by Tom, Dr. Jellyfinger DeLong, Scott, is that your stick Rainer and Mark speed bumps Hoppus, which is just fantastic. And it also um, has like naked photos of your mom by Blink One Eight Two, so I think that's funny. It just shows some of their again, then like something that really makes them look, like really appeal to like younger audiences still to this day is their toilet humor. So, and I just love that they added those like little Easter eggs in there. I agree, and I think you know, um, a lot of people ask the question of whether or not Blink One Eight Two is punk or rock or even pop. Mm-hmm. right because of the type of type of style you know some will argue it's alternative some will argue it's pop punk um and mm-hmm. i think that the reason why i would argue that yeah it is punk regardless of like how hard you know quote unquote hard it sounds um is yeah. the fact that they didn't really care about what other people thought yeah. you know there's countless records where they wanted them to take off songs or redo things and they were like no we're gonna make this we're gonna make it funny uh, we're yeah. gonna stick to who we are you know, this subculture, this punk subculture of not giving, giving, you know, a crap about what other people think. And I think that you definitely see this definitely in, in Cheshire, Je- definitely in Buddha and still in They Came to Conquer Uranus um, with these yeah. funny one-liners and these hidden Easter eggs that, you know, you only see if you're, if you're reading, you know, if you're really actually paying. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then next on the discography, we have, we have Dude Ranch. Which it was their first um, major label record it was with Geffen, and uh, on on this you have um, you have songs like um, their first hit, "Damn It," that was on this album. Yeah, uh, which which kind of that's basically what blew them up. Even though Eminem's um, got popular, "Damn It" was their like first radio hit. And you also have songs that are fantastic, like just like so good, like Untitled. Yeah. That song, I can't like stress how good that song is. And also, uh, Apple Shampoo is fantastic. Josie, again, that was um, a sort of hit. It was, it got popular, not as big as Damn It, but it was still popular. Um, but I think my favorite song from this album. It's definitely apple, apple shampoo. I just think it's a great like song, and I, the name doesn't have anything to do with the song, and that may that may go into Evan's point of before that it's n- them not caring <laughs> about it, the like not caring what people think, but it's just it's a great song in total, and but I can't like ever. I'll probably never like get over. Like damn it, I'll ever, I'll always bang my bang my head to that song. Uh, I'll always, I'll always remember how to play that riff on the guitar. So, yeah. Um, I I really like Dude Ranch. Dude Ranch was a um, was definitely one of the first albums I really got into. Uh, I liked it a lot. My favorite song off of it is probably definitely Untitled. Uh, I just I I love the sound of it and the uh, just the way like the riff the riff is and the and I, I I can relate to it also so yeah 
relay relayability is all is always a great is always great when it comes to songs because yes. it gives you that kind of personal connection to mm-hmm. it. So I think yeah, Untitled is definitely my favorite off of there. Damn it, that's always in my heart, like you said. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I think there's a reason, you know, why most people, you know, Blink One Eight Two for this album, you know, and the songs that are off this album, or when a song is played like Damn It, you know, they 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 recognize it, you know, it it's their first it's their first album to like really receive any rewards. I mean, going platinum and double platinum in a different couple, you know, in different subcategories and areas like in Canada and things like that. Um, and having like over a million, a million sales. Um, so I think like there's a reason why, you know, Dude Ranch is perceived as really good is because, you know, for the most part, it really is, <laughs> you know? Um, and so I would have to say, yeah, I mean, different points in my life, I had different favorite songs off this. I mean, Pathetic is fantastic. Boyer is fantastic mm-hmm. i mean damn it which are the first three songs of the album right um i mean dick lips yeah. is great and, and funny and there's waggy again i've already talked about it and i think you know just like yeah. it's already been said untitled is just you know is, is awesome and then you have josie and so i think um i think you have more serious songs here um which yes. are showing a little yeah, bit of depth and growth and blink way too as you kind of see these themes that haven't been really explored yet um so you mm-hmm. start to see a little bit of growth but you also see them staying true to themselves and and with songs like degenerate exactly and, and apple shampoo and and you know lemmings and so i think um i think there's a reason why this this album is so successful and is like iconic blink is because it, it mixes their their growth but also like it stays true to who they are which can be said for a couple albums, I think, you know, especially as we look at Enema. But, you know, yeah. I think, I mean, it's a fantastic album. Yeah. And uh, what I wanted to talk about earlier uh, with Waggy, it's kind of funny, in my opinion, um, that the Waggy that ended up on the album is actually more, like, inappropriate than the one that was on uh, the EP. It because it says in on the one um on the King to Conquer Uranus says like hide in my room until then. And and it says that for I think for one verse. I can't remember off the top of my head in on the Dude Ranch version. But then they go in the second time through they go and say, I'll just jack off my, in my room until then which is sort of like I guess ironic. And funny, in my opinion. So that's the that's the conquer Uranus one. The jack off one is on um, <laughs> is on Dude Ranch. Got it. Okay. Yeah. See, and that's the one I yeah. know. That's the Dude Ranch version. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think too, like even you know Voyeur, um, mm-hmm. which like you know a lot of people don't know what that that word even means, right? <laughs> and it's yeah. it's a yeah. person who who gains sexual pleasures from so watching other time. people, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's a peeping tom. Exactly, mm-hmm. peeping tom. And so, um, you know, I've I've read stories of people who play who reenact and, and they play this song and like the crowd gets angry, right? Uh, yeah. But that's only if you're really listening, right? Otherwise, it kind of just seems like this punk rocky kind of poppy tune that has a nice little riff and sounds good. Uh, yeah. And so I think that's also Warriors, like an epitome of what Dude Ranch is, uh, which I think mm-hmm. is why it's one of the first first couple of songs there. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so I, if anyone else has anything to say about this album, we can move on to Anima then. Okay. Alright, I think I think this this album and uh, Untitled are going to be our what we spend the most time on. Um, yeah. So this is uh, Enema of the State. This is probably their, I'd say, most successful album. Oh, yeah. Um, I I don't have any statistics to prove that, but <laughs> I can like go to the <laughs> I can go to um, yeah. Yeah, I think you I know for Enema of the State, that. as far as statistics are concerned, you know we talked about Dude Ranch being their first one that's like hitting off, mm-hmm. right? Um, with with one, like a million sales, uh, Enema of the State had you know um, four million in the U.S. and fifteen million worldwide. So how many in the U.S. you cut out of, of of Dude Ranch, and you're looking at instead of platinum in the RIAA, it's five times platinum. You know, it's quintuple platinum. Oh, yeah. getting gold in, in Australia and Switzerland um, and mm-hmm. and double platinum in many different states and and, and four times it went platinum in, in Canada whereas Dude Ranch only went twice in Canada so um, yeah crazy successful crazy successful mm-hmm. yeah that's for sure and I think this album as a whole can be addressed as serious songs that sound like that sound like immature or like or immature elements in serious songs yeah. like what's my age again that's a that's a semi-serious song if you look at it mm-hmm. uh, it kind of sounds like it honestly sounds like he's going through a like existential crisis yeah <laughs> and but it's but, it's like they're covering it up with uh yeah with the stuff. It's yeah, that's for sure. And then songs like Dumpweed, it sounds fun, and it's kind of, and it's kind of like weird and like kind of almost dirty, <laughs> if you like the way that Tom phrases the uh, phrases all of the like stuff that he says in there, all like all the words that he says. But this album was actually um, the was hold on, "Don't Leave Me" was the first song that I listened to by Blink One Eight Two that wasn't a hit that I can remember, because I have like memories of all the small things, like I don't know, probably when I was like five, but yeah. I like re- I remember the first song that I like listened to off this album was while I was in the shower. I listened to. Don't leave me, and I was like, "Yeah, that's a good album. That's a good like." I thought it was the album starter for a long time. <laughs> I was like, "That's a good album. That's a good album like starter." And then I realized that it wasn't. And I was like, "Oh, maybe sometime I should listen to the rest of it." Mm-hmm. And I did, and I loved it. But my favorite song off this album is "Going Away, Going Away to College." It's like relatable, like almost in a sense, not completely to me. But I can, I can somewhat relate to it, and also, it's just it's catchy, and the live performances of it are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's uh, and then also the party song is really it's about date rape, <laughs> but it they make it sound not the activity of date rape fun, but the actual. Like the song sounds fun, yeah. 
<clears throat> that's I get what you're saying with like them covering up stuff and even with like their live performances, like especially in like Mark Time and Travis show when he's seeing what's my age again and it's like changes all these lyrics like, Oh, where's my Asian friend? <laughs> stuff like that and changes all doing stuff like that, kinda hiding their mm-hmm. int- intimacy in the song. And um uh but I really like Enemy of the State. It was probably, you know, one of the it was definitely one of the albums I started with, you know, just being like a first time Blink Thirty Two listener. Um but mm-hmm. I think my favorite song is probably Aliens Exist. Off here. Mm-hmm. I, I that was one of the first Blink One Eighty Two songs I like. And I I really I liked it and I kinda I kinda laugh also thinking of the seriousness that Tom belongs behind in it also. And <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I um you know, I agree with most of what's said. Um you know, obviously all the small things like went to the top of the charts and every single person even today, you know, the kids, the 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 little the little kids know it, you know. Um and you know, when I was growing up, when I was a 5-year-old, you know, back in in 1998, you know, Wow, you're old. <laughs> you know, and, and that's funny you say that because you talk to other people and they um, they disagree. <laughs> um, so where was I going with that? Um, so, I mean, it was released in 1999. And so, mm-hmm. so I guess I shouldn't say when I was five and 98, you know, rather when I was in six. I mean, just like as, as Reese, you were saying, like I – I fully remember hearing all this, all the small things on the radio all the time. And then when it wasn't all the small things, it was followed up by what's my age again, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, you do have these. And I think this is where you start to see, you start to see this more studio version of Blink-182. Um, yeah. You know, it's kind of what happens when the studio and good production meets, you know, crappy punk rock garage bands um not to say that that buddha and and dude ranch were crappy uh because i I love eric cheshire were crappy because i love that stuff but you're starting to those grunge sounds aren't from like reverb and bad mics you know they're there because they're supposed to be there Uh, yeah which is why i think this this got so successful and you know they start to add a little bit more of their nanas you know which is now a and their woes (laughs) and their woes yep which is now a um um you know a running joke for for mark hoppus and his crew um so i so i think that's why they start to get a little bit more popular because they start to make it a little bit more towards the pop punk but they i think they still stay stay true i mean they add dysentery gary on there um and you know wendy clear is a fantastic song Uh, you know anthem is fantastic i mean every single every single song on this on this album is a banger is yeah is good there's, there was a- there's like go ahead there's like a few albums in um um in all of in all of uh, from all time that i think that i listen to obviously my opinions are my opinions but i there are a few albums that i think are perfect and this is one of them yeah there's this one pinkerton by weezer third eye blind self-titled album and like the untitled album by 
Blink-182 are just a few that I can name off the top of my head yeah. that I just think are perfect. And, you know, and this is the one that, you know, Jerry Finn is the, the you know, on top of the production. And yeah. so I think that you go and you, you can see his, his influence in all these songs. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I, I can't, I don't even know if I can say a favorite song on here because I think mm-hmm. that there was definitely a time in my life when I was obsessed with each and every one of these. Um, mm-hmm. And this is uh, like the first, um, first of two songs that are featured in an American Pie movie. You have um, Wendy Clear is featured in American Pie one and then you have later every time i look for you in um in american pie 2 which, which are great movies it's just which are great movies and also it's for sure it's cool to see that like that they're getting recognition past just like uh all the small things and what's my age yes. again even those are and even though those are great songs it's just it's nice to see that that they're and going into deeper album tracks such. Oh yeah. 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 So from there, after uh Enemo was released, there was a um there was a live album released called the Mark Tom and Travis Show, which is it's a good time. That's all I can describe it as. <laughs> yes. I think the Mark Tom and Travis show, the epitome of this is finding a CD you know, and I'm young, right? Okay, I didn't know what yeah. half this stuff was before I found this CD. And I found it hidden because my older brother knew that if it was found, he'd be in trouble, right? Because it has all the yeah. interludes of dick jokes and Satan and sex and all these things. And I find it and I listen to it. And I just think it's the most funny thing. And, you know, it pretty much has the entire end of the state track and then adding their hits from Buddha, from Cheshire, from Dude Ranch. So, I mean, you have Carousel yeah. in there. Um, Wendy Clear, I, I believe, is in the Mark Tom Travis show. So I think yeah, um, that, yeah, is, is something in itself, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, for, for a while, I didn't know that this existed, but I, I knew jokes from it because Evan's my older brother and... Uh, they would say in like him nicholas and Brigham would all say jokes from it and i i just know the jokes like i remember there's only one rock band that has a uh, blink 182 song already on it when you get it and that's lego rock band and i remember playing aliens exist um with like all my brothers and my mom was in the room as well <laughs> And I remember doing the alternate. Lyrics. I remember this, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she got so mad when um, when you said that. <laughs> Brigham lost it. Yeah, I remember that Brigham was upset about it because my mom's like, "What?" My mom literally said whatever to it, basically. Right. right. Yeah. And um, because she didn't hear it, she didn't hear me say it, but because <laughs> I. And then afterwards, uh, I heard Evan out of like the corner of my ear go, "Tom has sex with guys." As it was ending, <laughs> but that's I think one of my greatest, like one of my 
like favorite memories from this <laughs> like because of this album. <clears throat> yeah. And another like fun little like Easter egg, um, like they changed the name of Dick Lips on this like album. Yeah. To Rich, Rich Lips. Lips. They also which, they also changed Blowjob to Blue Jab. Yeah. But it just, it's like that just doesn't make sense to me. Like, but I think it's just record company stupidness. But definitely. Yeah. But you also have um 29 tracks of jokes and one of those is 13 miles and no it's and then on the sick um sick rye or sick i don't know how to say it vinyl it also adds another track which is i know a guy which is also one of my favorite joke songs but this is actually the C- the cd is what introduced man overboard to the world um because that was uh, the last track on it before it went into the jokes was Man Overboard. So, right, which really so that only is featured on, um, you know, Blink 2's greatest hits. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, again, which is really cool to see that they're, they're throwing a studio recording of. Um, oh, yeah. By the way, Enema of the State, first album to include Travis Barker instead of Scott Rayner. Um, failed to mention that somehow, but yeah. So and then it's like a kind of I think it's an ode to Scott Rayner. One hundred percent. You can't change my mind on that. Oh, but, it totally is. It's it's without a doubt all about Scott Rayner. Um, yeah, I don't even know what the last lyric is because it says some something. See you around. I always say Scott Rayner. Because it works with the rhythm, and I I refuse to learn the actual lyric. Um, it goes, I mean, it really, I mean, it, man on a mission, can't say I missed him around, insider information, hand in your resignation, lost of a good friend, best of intentions I found, tight-lipped procrastination, yeah, later, see you around. Uh, yeah, which is, which is, like, wild to, like, see, like, them going and being like, yeah, this is, we, like, the, he he was one of our best friends, but he's gone now because, um, in even the first, even the first um, uh, verse, uh, or in the second verse, it goes, um, I remember shots without a ch- uh, without a chaser, and um, Scott Rainer, like, he had to leave because he was an alcoholic, and so that's. Yeah, that's man overboard for me. <clears throat> but yeah. All right, so let's. Oh, Owen, do you have something to say? No, I was, it's fine. Go ahead. Okay. Um, we go on to I think what's my favorite album at the moment? Uh, Take off your pants and jacket. Yes. Um, this is definitely my all-time favorite Liquid A2 albums. Um. Mm-hmm. Just like you were saying, like if there could be a perfect album, this is this is that for me. Mm-hmm. I, I love this album a lot. Yeah. Um if just the um Well, I'm gonna go on to the uh I don't remember when it was released, but the if you waited after um Please Take Me Home, if you waited a minute 
and hold on, let me do the math. Um, a minute, a uh, three minutes, and two seconds. Three minutes and two seconds. One hundred eighty-two seconds. You would get six unreleased bonus tracks that weren't listed, but you'll they're they're there, and you have fuck a dog, um, when you fucked grandpa. Um, what was the? Ah, uh, jeez. Uh, you have, uh, what went wrong? What went wrong? Yeah, which is a classic. which is so good, which was featured. Um, you couldn't get it on like, you couldn't get it anywhere except on for that, um, that bonus track. Or you could you can also get it on Atticus Judging the Lake. Um, and those were the only places that you could get it. Um, okay, Mother's Day. That was it. I forgot. It's Mother's Day. Um, is the other joke song. Time to Break Up is also a great song. Excuse me. And uh, Don't Tell Me That's Over. Which some people, for some reason, think it's called Hold On. It's not. It's called Don't Tell Me That's Over. <coughs> Um, you know, I think talking about this, this album, this, this album was very, very impactful for me, um, for, for lack of a better way of saying it, because this was, talk about Enema of the State, the few couple of songs that got me into Blink, you know, all the small things, um, and, and what's my age again, um, I actually then went straight from those straight in to take off your pants and jacket because, you know, I was, like I said, you know, six years old about by the time that um, Enema State came out. And then I'm uh, eight years old by the time that Take Off Your Pants and Jacket came out. So I'm not listening to any of this stuff, yeah. right? And so by the time that I probably started listening to Blink-22 around 13, which is, you know, 2006, they've already have their untitled mm-hmm. out. Right, and so I have all I have the best of all these worlds already at my disposal, and so um, I went from those couple of songs that I knew and I heard on the radio straight to take off your pants and jacket, and I, I, I listened to this song. You what know, song? You cut off. Blue in the face. All right, I listened to this album. Okay. I meant until uh, I was blue in the face, mm-hmm. you know, and talking about numbers, um, it was a little less successful than Enema of the State. But, you know, double as Dude Ranch, you know, in the U.S. having 2 million sales mm-hmm. instead of 4 million of Enema State. But worldwide, it only had 1 million sales less. So it still had 14,000, whereas yeah. Enema State had 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and it went platinum several times, too. And so I think this is one of those albums that every single song is fantastic. And it starts off right away with Anthem Part 2, which is just pretty much giving the middle finger to to everyone yeah. and i feel know, like that's anthem, part of the iconic society yeah. right and i feel like anthem part so, two is actually an anthem whereas uh anthem from uh end of the state it's a great song but it's not it's not the anthem when you think of an anthem you think of the national anthem anthem by good charlotte i think of anthem part two rather than anthem part one as an anthem i said i sure, said anthem, I, mean, very... I said anthem too many times in that sentence 
on the very ending exactly like you're saying where he screams out you know if we're fucked up then you're to blame right mm-hmm. um which is pretty much saying that you know this older generation who is having all these rules for this younger generation mm-hmm. uh, and then complaining when something goes wrong and blame it on us you know how many times have you heard in this day and age about the millennial argument about you know generation z this generation z that millennials this millennials that mm-hmm. when it's like you know, I don't want to get too political here, but you know, this is definitely a rallying cry for a lot of people, even still, where it's just like, whoa, 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 I'm a kid right now. Yeah. You don't even let me, you don't even let me vote. How can I be yeah. to blame? Like, why am I yeah. to blame for my problem? You're the one who's ruling society. I think they did a really good job yeah. with that song. Which uh, I, I think that's definitely one of the reasons it is the anthem, because, you know, punk rock is all about sticking it to the man. And definitely. that's that's what um that's what they're definitely going for in this song yeah and to choose a favorite song i i remember being so into please take me home mm-hmm. uh and i was swooning over this girl who was one of my was one of my best friends you know so obviously there's a reason why i love that song um but i think just like the album for this there is a time and place where i was obsessed with every oh, yeah. single one of the songs and that's that's yeah. how it is for me because this one, all I got to say is, so I walk in there and my brother's around and I end up kissing my yeah. own brother. That's far out, man. Yeah, that's what I'll say. <clears throat> yeah, but that that music video. Like father, like son. <laughs> like son. <laughs> <laughs> that me- you said it <laughs> which i always wonder with that right so so um he's saying i walk in there and my brother's around i end up kissing my brother and then he's like you know what they say like father like son and then he said you said a best brother so our yeah. boomer and what i don't remember what mark's name is in that, in that yeah i'll google it real quick video. um but like are they now brothers right so is he actually the one who he kissed yeah that's a that's a good that's a good um, <laughs> That's a good like psycho like psychology question. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe only Mark and and Tom know the answer to that. Maybe it's just like a like I say to somebody, "Hey, bro, what's up?" You know, they're not really my bro. Or maybe there's a little deeper meaning here, and they're you were watching the people who they're kissing. Yeah. You know? Um. Game of Thrones before the time. <laughs> yeah, but um. Uh, um. Spalding, Spalding is uh, the name of um, Mark's character. Yeah. Um, in the mm. music video. Um, and Travis is just Travis. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, Travis is just Travis. Um, but to choose a favorite song from this album right now, I have to go stay together for the kids. That it's in. I think. I think in his Pursuit of Tone documentary with Ernie Ball, Tom DeLonge says, we were doing lullabies. We were writing lullabies and giving them distortion, which is because it's using the four chords, like the four chords um, set up. But he wrote this beautiful intro and then gave um, gave it that heavy distortion for the chorus and the bridge, and which just creates this fantastic song and also really emotional song. He wrote it when he was 18 
on his parents' 20th anniversary of their wedding when um when uh, he came up to the house and saw scratch marks on the sidewalk coming from their front door and his dad had moved out and it that's just a it's such a like um it's such like a heart-wrenching story but it's it's so number one relatable in love to many people and also to it just it's a catchy song and it's a powerful song <clears throat> yes i i would definitely i would oh, i would oh sorry <laughs> i would agree with that also that it is very relatable for certain people or you know, even for me i i thought it was really relatable um seeing you know parents split up and stuff like that um even just like the opening riff for that song mm-hmm. is like something that like I'm always gonna remember. Yeah. And I'm, that's one of the greatest ones I love playing in the car. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I I think for me though, th- my favorite song on here is probably either "Every Time I Look for You," which is one of my all-time favorite songs, or "Roller Coaster." Oh, yeah, yeah. For a, for a long time, "Roller Coaster" was my favorite Blink One Eighty Two song. And that was before I found out about the next album. No, and I, um, I love, I love Blink One Eighty Two, man. Um, and I love, and I've said this several times already throughout this podcast, is the, the steps that you can see each album, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can see where they came from, and you can you can hear that old school Blink One Eighty Two in several in, in all of these mm-hmm. songs right but then you can also hear what is the precursor to the to the untitled album coming yeah. you know something like you're talking about stay together for for kids when you talk musically and you have that that very clean open intro that owen was talking about and then just all of a sudden a, a gear is switched and it's that heavy you know which kind of when you start to get to the untitled album, it's like what they start to do with sounds. They start to mix it up. They start to play with different different things. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I'm I'm gonna go against the grain a little bit, and I'm gonna say that probably, you know, my favorite songs on here um, are, you know, a combination of a first date and the rock show. Yeah, um, which they wrote in which. Which they wrote in they a wrote day, both. in two days or whatever, in twenty four hours, both of them, because the you know their producer said we need something a little bit more poppy up yeah. here. Um, but like I said, there wasn't a time and place where I wasn't obsessed with any of these, you know. And I remember you know going through breakups and listening to "Story of a Lonely Guy," right? Um, but I, I love the rock show. I love the rock yeah, show, um, um, even if it was written in a day with just a couple of chords. Yeah. Um, I, I I know our family does it, Evan. Um, but uh, so Blink One Eighty Two is always changing lyrics for live shows. But I can't find um a show where they say um um uh, uh they go black and white picture on my wall. I waited for a call. She always kept me waiting. And if I ever got another chance, they say I'd still ask her to dance. But what we say is I'd still get in her pants, which just feels more Blink One Eighty Two. But the, I don't think they've no. To to I I don't think that they they have ever done that. Yeah. But that is also the version that I still say too, and I think that is a family thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think that I heard um, my older brother do that once. Yeah. And so I just constantly repeated it. Yeah. And there, it's, it's kind of like that with Damn It for me, too, because um, I think I watched a video of them do it one time. I can't find it again. But they, uh, I say, um, uh, see you on, um, uh, they say that guy, but I add like an eighth note instead of like a chord note or whatever it is. Music theory, yay. But I go, um, that gay guy <laughs> instead. But I think there was a performance, but I can't find it again <laughs> where it like, where they say that. But that's the big one for that one is the, uh, the scrubs oh, yeah. version. The, no scrubs and you know, Destiny's Child. Or uh, uh, yeah. TLC. Nice try there, buddy. TLC. Sorry. <laughs> and they also do. Uh, I have one on my phone. <laughs> on my phone saved, and it's um, Ice Ice Baby. That they do um, with that. All right. Um, let's move on to the next album. Uh, this is the untitled album. This is their magnum opus, <laughs> I guess, because it has it has more songs than the previous albums and um produced again by jerry finn um and you have songs like feeling this where they they both wrote about sex in two different rooms and put them together and made one song you have songs like here's your letter which is my favorite mark vocal song um and then you also have asthena where you can see the beginnings of angels and airwaves um in that song with the intro and the weirdness of it, and how it's like spacey and all that, and um, you also have this is their first album to have a feature on it, and I think it's like uh, it's one of two features that they have, um, and it's uh, it's Rob Thomas from um, from The Cure, and which is you know Mark Hoppus's like favorite mm-hmm. band and biggest you know, inspiration, mm. and then. And then you also have Violence, which is just the biggest, like, one of the best songs I think that they've ever made. And then you also have Stockholm Syndrome, which is, I think, a uh, a deep, a deep, like, cut that is just so beautiful and so amazing in the sense of Blink-182 that it deserves so much more credit than it gets. Yeah, so I think my favorite song from this album definitely has to be, right now, um, Here's Your Letter or Esthena. Those are, those are like my, my two favorite songs that I can't choose between right now, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I, um, I think it, it's interesting because when you look at numbers, the... And I think it's important because a lot of people call it Blink-22 self-titled album when it's Blink-22's untitled mm-hmm. album. Um, and there's a reason they did that. And they didn't want it to be their self-titled album because they were experimenting a lot. Yeah. And they were doing a ton of different things that you know they normally didn't do in the studio. And so they themselves, they wanted, they wanted to throw out who they are as, a, as artists. You know, It's kind of like an art project. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they didn't want it to be like defining Blink-182 because when you usually, you know, when artists do self-titled albums, it's like, this is who we are. Yeah, and you can see examples uh, of that with um, like Weezer and Led Zeppelin and, and Third Eye Blind. Blind. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, you know, when you look at the, 
when you look at the numbers, you know, it's, it's half uh, worldwide, 7 million sales, which is half of take off your pants and jacket. And, you know, even less than that for NMO state. And in the U S it was about the same as take your pants off and jacket and half of MNO the state, um, as far as like 2 million sales, whereas MNO was 4 million or four and a half million actually. Um, and so I think, but, but when you ask Blink-22 fans or when you talk to them, I mean, everybody knows the song. I miss you. It's right? still a meme today. It's still, oh, yeah. it's, it's still, still a giant. Exactly. Meme. Um, I, I mean, think where are you is, but is where are you? <laughs> exactly um and so i think that although this album technically in sales wasn't as good as the other ones Mm -hmm. like i think it's almost in a way just as popular if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um and it has left an even greater legacy of blink 22 and there's a lot of you know and you can go on blink 22 forums and you can talk and you know people will argue that you know it's a different band in a sense because of the sound and that they love it it's just it's not cheshire cat buddha mm-hmm. of too, right um which is a very valid argument and that i yeah. agree with uh, and so a lot of people that say that they can't even compare them because yeah. of the vast differences um but i think artistically it's it's a phenomenal album um mm-hmm. and i think the way that they use sounds and you know their whole process for recording it mm-hmm. you know um what you know took longer than expected and they just were you know they spent days finding the right effect for bases and for mm. for whatever um you know they were hoping to finish it before travis went on tour with um i forget the name of that other band that he plays in yeah or used to yeah I remember. Um, and he had to end up going on tour and then come back because it took so long to to finish it yeah. um because it really I think it's a masterpiece. Would I call it Blink One Eighty Two's like self-titled masterpiece? Like definition of who they are? You know, may, no, because mm-hmm. they definitely went through changes of band. But I, I think it's very easily easily said that it's a masterpiece. Oh yeah. Uh, I would say my favorite song. Um, God, I I guess I just am just too big of a fan of Blink One Eighty Two because I'm gonna say like there isn't a time where <laughs> I haven't been obsessed with every single one of these songs um but you know feeling this i always come back to mm-hmm. and the fact that it's the first song on the album shows that they just wanted to start off with a bang yeah right um so i would probably say that that is um probably my favorite song maybe maybe sometimes i go with um here's your letter mm-hmm. i think here letter is extremely powerful yeah on the pop punkers subreddit the this week's um album discussion is actually the untitled album um and i i i'm i think i was the first person to comment on it um and uh i said like yeah i think besides man overboard um uh here's your letter is my favorite hoppus um my favorite hoppus like song um or like vocal song and uh, people, people were like, "Huh, I never thought about that before," but now I agree. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, that's that's all I have to say about that. I think the very first lyric on it, you know, "Cut the skin to the bone, fall asleep all alone, mm-hmm. hear your voice in the dark," is just like, what? Mm-hmm. Wow, you know, yeah, it's wow. it's just as like impactful as um, uh, these white pills aren't kind in um. 
There Is by um, uh, by Boxcar, okay. just because of what Tom was going through with his pill addiction. <clears throat> so, uh, I guess the Untitled album wasn't <clears throat> the biggest, like, my favorite, you know, but it, it was up there for me. It definitely uh, had some great songs on it. I think I'm going to agree with Evan and say yes, that Feeling This is my, my favorite, you know, especially uh, Mark's part, uh, at least the lyrics of it. Um, oh, the bridge. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's... It's very, or, very good. Or when Tom just straight up like, is screaming. That part's, yeah. that's iconic. Uh-huh. That part's iconic. Which, I mean, the entire song is great the way that it switches mm-hmm. into this, in the two states of mind. Yeah, it's kind, that, It's almost, uh, again, it's kind of, I'm not a sequel, but it's like a spiritual successor to um, Stay Together for the Kids in that sense. Yes. Wait, just got, it's got that calm tone, and then it's got that in your face punk just all guitar yeah. distortion mm-hmm. you know yeah but still got that that great drum riff in the back with mm-hmm. Travis Parker and so i think feeling this is definitely my favorite one yeah. i miss you is going to be in my heart mm-hmm. also yeah for um, sure but feeling this is great yeah so just quickly um we'll go over the greatest hits album cuz it did have um it did have two new songs on it that weren't like that hadn't been like heard. I mean, not now was released as a single, but um, another girl, another planet first appeared on Travis's reality TV show, Meet the Barkers. But um, that song and Not Now are both really, really good, um, and that's really all I have to say about them. Yeah. Um, so now we're going to be going into the last two albums and this is, these are like the most debated albums, um, for the worst. Yeah. Um, so we're going to, oh, I guess we have three more albums. Um, but oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I forgot dogs eating dogs. <laughs> yeah. Um, but neighborhoods, neighborhoods came first before dogs eating dogs. Um, I love this album. I'm just gonna say it. I'm a big fan of this album, just because. It's the worst. <sighs> Thank you, but no, I. Uh, I totally Britted that. Oh wow, that hurts. Uh, but I, I'm looking at at I'm looking at it as from a standpoint that this is, that this is just more of an alternative rock album and not a Blink punk album. And if you come at, if you listen to it with the mindset of that, I think you can respect it more. Then if you're this isn't Blink One Eight Two, this isn't punk. I I kind of agree with you there. I, not that it's uh, that I like it, but <laughs> that it's uh, it's got a different tone to it, and you know it's not very Blink One Eighty Two. But <clears throat> I think it had its ups and its downs, and I guess a lot of downs for me. It's not, you know, it's not too good in my opinion. Mm. Uh, you know, I always joke with you of that about you liking neighborhoods because i don't but <laughs> i think it had some good songs yeah uh, i love the i love the album art yeah so. i love the album art as well yeah i think i'm i lean more towards owen on this and maybe even a little bit more radical or maybe he's just not expressing it um 
the way that I'm about to. Um, and if you do look at, if you look at the numbers, I mean, they had 353,000 sales. Um, yeah. And that's like half a million, which is nowhere near their past one, two, three, four, um, four albums, you know, all the way back to Food Ranch. And so um, I think it's, it's painfully obvious that this album was to get money. Um, and I think it's painfully obvious that um, Mark, more than Travis, is still um, upset about Tom leaving and putting them through what you know he put them through. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I was one. I went on the neighborhoods tour. I saw them play, and um, it was very weird to see Tom and Mark fight almost on stage and have Tom wear um, Angels and Airwaves gear yeah. um, while he performing on stage his little like chef hat beanie that mark made fun of all the time um like i'm telling you um tom did that like kind of like i have to go pee thing at the show i was at yeah and mark was like seriously he responded with seriously tom we have two songs left and then the encore can't you wait till we do two songs and then pee while they wait for the encore i like he said that into the mic and then mm-hmm. lo and behold, Tom like threw down his guitar and and left to go pee while they like did an interlude. Um, you could feel the tension, mm-hmm. and I think neighborhoods was built out of this tension. And you can tell that tracks are pieced together over the internet. Yeah. You know, they didn't record this in the studio. And um, I think the most the the best way to to realize this is to listen to Mark Hoppus's commentary oh, yeah. on Spotify about this album. Mm-hmm. He almost sounds disgusted as he's talking about these songs. Um, and and he's the only one who does any of the commentary. Mm-hmm. Well, Travis Tom's Parker doesn't there. speak, so... Right, Travis doesn't speak, but Tom's nowhere to be heard. Yes. Um, and I, I remember what, oh, what song was it... Um, Collide. Oh, no, gonna... it was wishing well, wasn't it? No, it was um, ghost on the dance floor. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I'm gonna have to re-listen to the Spotify track, but there's this one song. I think it's ghost on the dance floor where where Mark is trying to sound happy about it, and it's just like, um, yeah. So so Tom came to us with this idea for this song, and um and we we put it together and it, it kind of just sounds the way it it does and you're just like wait what yeah. <laughs> uh, will i say that all the songs on here are trash no like i still think they some of them sound good mm-hmm. uh, you know i'm a like i love natives natives is my favorite song on this album mm-hmm. um and i think that natives is a great song mm-hmm. um you know wishing well is okay it sounds pretty much like angels and airwaves yeah um and i think you know, the interlude to, um, to uh, the one that, that uh, Mark wrote all by himself. Is that the MH418? That one and uh, Heart's All Gone. It's All Gone. Heart, that one is like got famous and everyone loved that. And that was like all Mark. Yeah. You know? And so I think this album just exemplifies Tom not giving a shit, um, which makes me never want to listen to it. Yeah. I think my favorite song from this album, uh, again, I'm coming from a different standpoint than uh, Owen and Evan, but I'm, I am a big fan of, well, um, I love This Is Home 
I think it's um I think it's one of Tom DeLonge's like better back uh backup guitar riffs um or like and also it's kind of used as the main guitar riff but it's um fast paced and it sounds really cool and I and it's a catchy song it's um it's a shorter song but it's still it's still I I enjoy that song a lot and also um Snake Charmer off the deluxe edition I really I really enjoyed Snake Charmer I just feel like it has just catchy lyrics and I like I like singing along to that. Uh I think I would say um Natives is my favorite song off of Neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Uh like you know, I like I said I'm not I was never really into this, so I you know, I I never really listened to it too much except like maybe one time through. Yeah. Um, but, I think maybe you know, a big a big difference too from where I'm trying like I'm a little bit older than you all mm-hmm. and so like I grew up having Enema, Buddha, Dude Ranch all that stuff already released so I knew who my friends were into or yeah. that I liked and then I had them break up and I had this idea that I would never see Blink-22 live in my entire life yeah um, and finally by God's miracle they come back together and so this album was so anticipated by me and I think it was uh, also everybody. maybe a little immature to, to think that it would be the same. Yeah. You know, um, after so much time, I mean, it's almost 10, it's over 10 years later. Um, but mm-hmm. at the same rate, I still think it sounds pretty far off. And I was just, it was just a kind of a disappointment. Yeah. I mean, even uh, for me, like, not like, obviously, even when I get got into it, I think California was just for me. Like when I started listening to it like a lot and I even then like I had only really listened to Enema and Pick Up Your Pants and Jacket and Dude Ranch like those were the three albums that I knew and I was really familiar with so I guess I kind of had that same thing just not like different just different sorry and that you know neighborhoods just didn't lead up to the expectations that I thought it would you know being a later album but some songs are okay, I guess, you know. Yeah. Could have been better. And to me, that's a reflection of Tom. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I yeah. see Mark's creativity in there, but I think that I see Tom not caring. Yeah. And he was he was instrumental. I mean, they say Blink-22 is his band, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so yeah. I see... I see him not caring on Neighborhoods, because I think if he did care... They would have been in a studio. They would have been spending hours trying to find the right sound, mm-hmm. which is very obvious. It's not there. Yeah. So let's uh, let's uh, we're we're like an hour ten right now. Uh, let's uh, let's move on to um, let's move on to uh, dogs eating dogs. Um, real quick, we'll just do that real one really fast. This is the it has the second feature it has Yellow Wolf. I think is the name of the guy who does the rap part. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just like can't stop partying with Weezer. It's god awful. <laughs> the rap is just not. Yeah. It had so much potential and it was just awful. So much potential and just tanked, man. Oh yeah. Um. And but songs like this, this I feel like this kind of made up for, um, neighborhoods in my opinion. I think this EP is better than neighborhoods. I agree. With you. 
that. Yeah. I think this. Yeah. I think this to me was wow. Maybe the real Blank Twenty Two will come back. Mm-hmm. And then I was yeah. disappointed again. <laughs> yeah, but Disaster is a fun, is a great. It's my favorite song off the album. That or Boxing Day, um, because Boxing Day is really similar to uh, when I uh, what went wrong and the fact like just with that intro, I'd say, um, and feels like acoustic guitar and just it feels it feel it's a good it feels like a good song, and that adds to the trilogy of um, the three. Um, the three Christmas songs. It has I Won't Be Home for Christmas, which talks about Christmas Eve. Um, I mean, sorry. Happy Holidays, You Bastards, which talks about Christmas Eve. I Won't Be Home for Christmas, which is talks about Christmas. And then Boxing Day, which is the day after Christmas. And it completes that trilogy, which is nice. <laughs> which we didn't talk about. <clears throat> which we didn't t- talk too much about, I Won't Be Home for Christmas. Yeah. But uh, that is definitely one of my favorite songs by them too, is, uh, yeah. especially in, during the holidays. Oh yeah, that's a, you know, you gotta turn back to that. Yeah, that and Rel- off of that and Reliant K's um, uh, let it snow, uh, uh, let snow, baby, let it rain, dear. Yeah, those are that's <laughs> uh, a great, fantastic album. Yes. Uh, dogs, dogs eating dogs. Though I, uh, I think Boxing Day is probably my favorite off of it. Um, I think for me. Like I said earlier, it was kind of like, wow, like something might happen. And I think Pretty Little Girl with Yeo Wolf like had potential, but the rap part think, just kind of wasn't there. Yeah, the, um, the rap part is just the only thing that isn't good about it. It's a great song, but it's just, eh. And why not put like Slim Shady or, you know, uh, or like Little Wayne or something on there who can, you know, <laughs> rap? I mean, I never heard of Yeo Wolf until this, <laughs> and then I never heard of him after. Yeah. But I also live in a hole that's, you know, dug by Blink-22. So mm-hmm. uh, I think my favorite song is actually um, When I Was Young. Okay. Um, I think lyrically it. it's really well. And it's almost written like a poem, yeah. um, which I think is cool. Alrighty. Um, then let's... Uh, move on to the final album, uh, which is California. This album was the first album to y- have um, to have Matt Skiba as the guitarist instead of uh, instead of Tom DeLonge, meaning that there's only one original band member left in in the band. Are you not counting Travis as original? No, because uh, what's it called because okay. um, Rainer. Yeah. Um, I I would say uh, Travis Barker is more Blink One Eight Two than Scott Rainer. Oh yeah, for for sure he helped. Um, like he helped establish what the band was and helped create a sound that everyone loved. But technically, I think my favorite song from the um from the the base album or the original album is definitely uh, I had an answer and then it now uh San Diego that's that's my favorite song from the because um well actually when they were writing it uh Skiba was thinking of um Chicago where he's from uh, and he was the song was so beautiful to him that once it was done he started crying and uh and like 
that's just so powerful. And it's also just it is a good song. Um, and it's just it's it is a little slower, but it's still good in my opinion. Um, <clears throat> California. Uh, you know, I liked it. It was one of those neighborhoods that I I never really got into, and I think it had its ups and downs. Honestly, I think California was a bit better than neighborhoods. That's my opinion. But <laughs> um. I think my favorite song off of here is She's Out of Her Mind. I think you did a good job of putting two like-minded people against you <laughs> in this podcast. Because <laughs> um, I would definitely say that California is better than um, the neighborhoods. And if you look at the sales, it's better in sales. And, you know, Bored to Death obviously was number one on the charts during that summer. Yeah, for like 11 uh, weeks. Yeah, when it came out. Um, I think. You know their their sales were nowhere near what they used to be. I yeah. mean, they were over half. They were over half a million. Um, so I think that's obvious as to see that it's still not the real Blink One Two. Um, but I'm a big fan of Matt Skiba. You know, and after he came on the record, I went and I listened to Alkaline Trio, and now I'm a huge Alkaline Trio fan. Um, yes. And I think their newest album is this thing Cursed is better than than california and, and neighborhoods combined um but that's a different rabbit hole yeah. pun intended thank you um <laughs> yeah so i would say that the criticism that this album got was mainly that it all sounds the same and that yeah. feldman produced it yeah, so John there's too many woes and too many nanas um however the songs that all sound the same i think is a good sound you know relatively speaking yeah. so um I would also say that my favorite song is "She's Out of Her Mind," okay. um, and I, I actually have I, to comment on uh, "She's Out of Her yeah. Mind" real quick. Um, I'm not a big fan of what they did with the music video. I feel I, I <laughs> you gotta love it because Lele Pons is in it. Uh, I hate you so much, but I hate it. I hate that too. Though. Yeah, I just feel like they kind of disrespected <laughs> "What's My Age Again" with it a little bit. Oh yeah, I think it definitely did too. Yeah. I think it was a good idea, yeah. but it wouldn't. It wasn't. It didn't plan out well. Yeah, I think it also was a nostalgic gimmick too. You know. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was it's very. Like, this uh, is blank again. Yeah, that's yeah, that's one hundred. Very corny. Yeah. Kind of thing. I um, I think going forward, we have to realize that this is no longer Tom DeLonge's Blink One Eight Two, and so no. I think that if we expect those type of records we will all be very disappointed oh um, oh yeah for sure <laughs> yeah but i have I to think say you gotta just kind of you know get get what we get and don't throw a fit as they say exactly but i, I think you know i'm on i'm on the matt skiba train mm -hmm. i'm okay with it yeah um yeah. i think if they I'm allow him a little more creativity and they allow him a little bit more um action in in recording i think that we can actually find some some really good albums in it. and if you think of like a plus 44 and a alkaline trio combo i mean it could be super good yeah um it, it all depends on how much feldman wants to ruin it yeah. <laughs> uh, but i think what's that one song um um no future yeah um like Skiba actually has like a, a big part. Yeah. The song a lot of people didn't like No Future for some reason. I actually was a I was a pretty big fan of No Future. You know that one part's like 
where did she go? You know, it's almost like a Tom sounding yell, but obviously it doesn't sound like Tom because there's yeah. no like big accent. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, and then, but I think I think we could see good things from this. Yeah. from this band. And this is a, a deluxe. It also has deluxe edition, which was so much better than the uh, original, in my opinion. It added so much to this album and gave it a little more depth that I enjoyed. Um, uh, but my favorite my favorite songs six eight uh six eight don't mean uh don't mean anything and hey i'm sorry last train home those all those songs so good they're just they add there's a little bit more depth to those songs and they and they're just there's more like complex guitar parts and that's i love that and that's how i feel about um that's how i feel about those songs and also the whole deluxe edition in general Okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, we don't really have time to talk about the side projects. Um, Box Car Racer. Um, I'll just mention them. Uh, one of my favorite bands. <laughs> um, and uh, their self-titled album makes makes me pee my pants every time. Uh. But and that's also it's such a good album. Uh, plus forty four isn't and as good as Boxcar Racer in my opinion. Of course, we don't need a whisper. Yes, uh, Angels and Airwaves. Oh uh, jeez, I'm not. We're not gonna talk about them right now because I'm planning to do an entire episode on Angels and Airwaves with Evan at some point. Um, I think to really comment, um, just quickly on the side projects. I think, I think they were all good. Yeah. Um. Boxcar Racer yeah. obviously was something that that drove a wedge between the band members before they broke up, yeah. specifically Mark and Tom, um, because Mark wasn't included except for one song, mm-hmm. um, which he actually talks about in a couple of interviews, saying like, you know, how do you feel about being the kid on the other side of the fence, you know? And they're like, well, why would you contribute? And they're like, well, at the same time, you know, I love this band and I want to be a part of it. Um, and then I think, you know, plus 44, um, you know, if I had to rank them, I probably would say that, yeah, we don't need to whisper and, and boxcar racers were, were better. But I think that doesn't mean that we don't, um, that, you know, plus 44's album oh, was yeah. not good. That's for sure. I think that's, it's still that's 100% several, several can be said. Like I think, Lillian, you know, Mark I love Lillian. Like Lillian is such a good song. Yeah, and um, Lyanthrocope or whatever. Yeah. And then. You know, Mark Hoppus says to this day that "Make You Smile" is one of the like one of his top songs that he thinks he's ever made. Yeah, I agree. It's fantastic. Yeah, um, and then also um, as of recording this, there is a new um, there's a new side project that uh, Mark started uh, with uh, Alex from All Time Low called Simple Creature, Simple <laughs> Creatures, and they just released one song so far, and they're planning to release an EP very soon. Uh, it's called Drug, and it's very um, it starts out with the nanas. That's and I was like, oh no, this is gonna is That's this exactly like yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, this isn't gonna start out good. And then I kind of enjoyed it. I it was more poppy, and it wasn't what I expected from two pop punk legends joining forces. That's it. Was I'm excited to see what comes from that as yeah. well. Um, I liked it. I didn't mm-hmm. think it was the best thing I've ever heard. Um, yeah. However, sure. it's like. 
okay, you know, I'll see where this goes. And a lot of things I saw online, yeah. um, similar along the lines of, um, you know, I don't necessarily think this is the best thing in the world, mm-hmm. but I don't think I can judge it on one song. Oh, so yeah. I think it depends on how many nanas yeah. and wowos will be in there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now we'll go to my favorite, um, my favorite part of the entire podcast, and that's pairings. Um, so I'm going to say a, f- a food that I think um, you could l- eat while you listen to Blink-182 and it would encapsulate what Blink-182 is. All right. Ready, everyone? Three, two, one. Gummy penises. <laughs> They're delicious. Like the ones that if you, you're at a bachelorette party, yes. you're eating? Yes. Gummy penises. Um, I think that uh, they're funny, and they're kind of delicious. So that's my take. Owen, do you have a a pairing that you have in your mind already? Um, honestly, I would say cheese. Cheese, just straight cheese. <laughs> yeah, just straight cheese, just off the block. You know, it's got its it got it's got its smells to it. You know, it's. You know, it's kind of hard to get off that block, but, you know, as soon as you take a bite, you get that moisture and that um, that taste. It's it's really good. Okay. So. That was the weirdest thing I've ever experienced in my entire life. <laughs> I get it, though. I get it. Yeah. But I get it. I do get it. Evan, how about yourself? Um, You know, that's a tough question. Um, I would say maybe like broccoli but like broccoli and nacho cheese or something like that because Weird, like broccoli but... you know there's a certain group of people who likes broccoli right mm-hmm. and um some who don't and the ones that don't like the nacho cheese makes it bearable mm-hmm. and so i think to really explain it you have this group whose music is off-putting to a lot of people, but they'll throw in those nanas and wobos, that nacho cheese in there, and all you know, and all the small things. And what's my age again? So that the the pop people like it. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. All right, I think that's our show. Um, this is our longest show to date, an hour and thirty. Holy crap! Um, I am your host, Reese Wyrock. Thank you for listening to Why Rock and Roll, a podcast on music and pop culture. This is our first episode that is available on Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts, which is just huge and amazing that I'm able to do this in, um, with my friends and family. And I also would like to thank my guests, uh, Evan Wyrock and Owen Gutsmer. And I just want to thank you guys for coming on and having fun with me and talking about Blink-182. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. I hope to have you both on my podcast again soon. This has been Why Rock and Roll. See you all next time. One, two, three, four. (laughs)